0: Hello to all you beautiful people. This is Junie. This is episode 24 of the Tata Cancer Podcast How to Support a Loved One Dealing with Cancer. (laughs) So I was, I'm always trying to figure out a new way to start the episode to greet you all, if you will. And the idea that kept coming into my head, because I don't know, just saying hi sometimes feels redundant. But I just kept hearing the uh, doctor character from The Simpsons in my head who always comes in and goes, Hi, hey, everybody! <laughs> that is one of my Simpsons impressions that I am maybe you could say infamous for. I, uh, I used to, well, I still... Do a Bart Simpson impression, which I feel is pretty spot on. And uh, if you get all the way to the end of this episode, I will do it for you. That is the prize at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> anyway, it is October here in lovely Portland, Oregon. The weather is still being super duper schizophrenic uh, right now. It's it's nice. It's like in the upper seventies. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I am. All over town, just meeting and greeting and uh, exploring and connecting. I met another podcaster, Michelle Beck, who works with Breast Friends and also has her own podcast. She was awesome. I met the ladies who are on the Pink Phoenix Dragon Boat team. Uh, That was super cool. Fighting Pretty, some great local organizations that serve the nation, actually. So um, I'll put some of those resources into the show notes. But anyway, yeah, it's been a busy month for me and I am very excited to get out into the world and meet other breast cancer patients and survivors and figure out more ways that I can serve this community and uh, just see our lovely faces, sometimes in person. (laughs) I do know that Breast Cancer Awareness Month can be quite loaded. It's funny, I feel like I'm actually having more emotions this year than I ever have. And I think that's partially due to the fact that I've learned a lot about the cancer treatment industry, about just the politics around breast cancer. So it's hard for me to see something that I feel like has good intentions at its core. Obviously, we need to be more aware of things. And it is important for women who are dealing with a diagnosis or trying to reduce their risk, have the information that they need for that and resources to help them through whatever it is they're going through. But it's also difficult because there are a lot of organizations that Um, they call it pinkwashing. You can Google that if you want, because it's a totally different episode. I'm getting off on a different tangent. Anyway, it's just loaded. There's just, it's loaded. There's politics, um, a lot of, and it feels like politics shouldn't be involved in something like this, but such is life. I mean, what aren't politics involved in? Am I right? (laughs) So let's get into this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Tata Cancer Podcast, where we will discuss the physical and mental elements of healing from a breast cancer diagnosis. My name is Junie Boucher. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a breast cancer survivor. When you're diagnosed with breast cancer, you're forced to make life-changing decisions with so much information that's really hard to sift through. My intention is to help provide you with the information you need to make a decision that's going to align your body, mind, and heart so that you can live your best life going forward. I'm going to be your new breast friend. Okay, let's do this. The information contained in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. Please always consult with your doctor for any of your medical needs. All right, my beautiful babies, this is how to support a loved one dealing with cancer. So we're going to be focusing on not necessarily the role of the caretaker, although I will touch on that just a little bit. But this is for, you know, let's say your friend gets diagnosed with breast cancer or your coworker gets diagnosed with breast cancer, your cousin, um, your, your college roommate, anybody that's, you're not necessarily in the caretaker role, but you're trying to support. I get this question from a lot of people, like, I don't know what to say. Um, How can I, how can I help them? And there are a lot of options for you, And there are some things that you might not necessarily know. So we'll talk about that today. And there are a couple things that I will tell you not to do. So this will be a little bit of a do's and don'ts type of thing, because there are oftentimes things that people will say with a lot of good intention, maybe behind it, but that can really be hurtful or even very frightening. So we will talk about that. Anyway, so your friend, loved one, colleague just got diagnosed with breast cancer. They call you up. They post on Facebook. You find out somehow. What is the first thing that you do? I would say it's so important to reach out even and potentially be very brief, but just let that person know, hey, I heard the news. I love you so much and I just want you to know I'm here for you and I support you and I think honestly that those are two of the most important points to get across. That person is very, very likely in a state of shock in uh, feeling extremely overwhelmed and they're also probably, unless they've kept their diagnosis limited to a very tight circle, they're probably getting a lot of messages from people. Like if somebody posts on Facebook and they have a large circle of Facebook friends, there's a lot of people that are going to be reaching out probably on Facebook, but also giving them a call. So some things that are, are great to say, I'm here for you. How can I best support you? You're in my thoughts. Uh, if If it's a religious community that you know this person through, you're in my prayers. Um I'm so sorry that you're going through this. Let me help you with um, how are you feeling about everything how you know i I think that's a sometimes a little bit better than how are you doing? How are you feeling a lot of times with a cancer patient, especially if they're starting treatments it's really tough because someone will be like, how are you dealing? How are you doing? And they're just like, well, you know, I can't eat anything. I've got sores in my mouth. I've got diarrhea all the time. And uh, yeah, I have no hair. I, I can't stand the look of myself. <laughs> so it's like, I, I, you, you just, you can't, they don't feel like they can actually tell you how they really feel. So the how are you question or can, is kind of a mixed bag. So sometimes it's, you know, making a comment or just like, hey, I just want to tell you I love you. Uh, I just want to remind you that you are flipping gorgeous or you're beautiful. Um, Hey, anytime you need to talk, I'm totally here for you. Or anytime you just need to escape cancer, let me know. That I think is also a really, really important thing for a lot of people and we'll talk about that too. So, you know, maybe maybe want to hear a joke and tell them a joke if there's somebody that you know humor is a big part of their life. Um so those are just some of the things to initially say. I want to make a comment because I know that any almost anybody who goes through a cancer journey, they're going to have friends that they never expected. To become closer with, be some of their biggest supporters. And then there's always the person who you thought you were really close with who just kind of falls off. I always consider the fact that that person probably just has no idea what to say and they get frozen or they're being triggered or something like that. That is a, a painful thing. Obviously, it's painful for both people for different reasons, but you know, y- you really you really see an interesting story arc with a lot of your relationships. And it's shocking sometimes. I think that I had, I had my own experiences with that. Nothing that was too extreme, but there were people who uh, would, yeah, they just kind of, they never checked in. Um, And I felt like that that can be really hurtful. Uh, you know, I always try to come from the perspective of I just don't know what's going on with you. And even though I might've wanted their support, who knows, who knows what they were going through. And I try not to resent anybody for living their own life and, and walking through their own struggles or, but, you know, it sticks, it sticks a little bit. Um, so those are just a couple things that you can say just initially and show up. Show up. This is a this is a theme that you can apply to any aspect of these suggestions, but be consistent. Um, keep reaching out, but not necessarily in a way that not like every day. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Cause I can almost guarantee you that there's at least one person asking them how they're doing every day, uh, and that can feel exhausting after a while, like just trying to give everybody the same update. So checking in in a way that seems to work for them and experiment with it, or even ask them. I think people always forget that you know if if you're in doubt, ask, um don't make it more work or something else for them to have to deal with. But, you know, don't be afraid. Like, hey, I'd really love to support you through this. And, you know, let's talk about some of the practical things that you can do. I personally love to suggest to people, be specific about what you might be able to offer. If you are somebody who is really good in the kitchen just say, hey, is, is there is there a, a meal that I can make for you or something I could give you that you could freeze so that when you are recovering from surgery that you have something in the fridge to feed yourself or your family? Are you on a specific diet and can I prepare some of these meals for you? Um, maybe you send them a gift card if they're not on a specific diet. I do love Sun Basket. They have a, an organic meal kit. I will put my referral link in the show notes. Uh, if you sign up with them, they give you a discount. I think they give you like $90 off. It's actually a really good deal. and um, And then they give me a $40 referral bonus. But this is one of the best options for someone who's in a situation where they do have perhaps a caretaker who has enough time to cook. They make really healthy organic meals that accommodate a lot of specific diets, They're easy. Most meals come together in 30 minutes or less. They are not a sponsor of the podcast, although I wish they were. And uh, note to self, I should contact Sun Basket. (laughs) Um, They also, one of the other things I love about them, I've donated to them because they have, they work with a charity organization. So like you can go on Sun Basket's website and donate to this organization, which will give breast cancer patients meal kits for free, which I think is... So cool, but that is something that requires a little bit of time. So there are other meal delivery services that I'm sure you can give them a gift card for, like methodology, um, other local stuff. You have to first check and see if they service the area that the person lives in, but they can go online and then choose meals that are delivered. But if you know that you have a great meal that uh, is going to accommodate their tastes and specifically their diet, uh, that will fuel their body well, or just bring them joy, you can say, hey, I would love to make you that zucchini casserole of mine that you really liked from the New Year's Eve party or whatever, (laughs) something like that. Could I do that for you? Would that be helpful? and they can tell you you know um i think offering specifics is really great cleaning vacuuming clothes washing ironing household chores. Those are things that, especially if a a person is having a lumpectomy or a mastectomy, you can't do that stuff for quite a while after your surgery. A lot falls on the caretaker if there is a caretaker. And if there's not a caretaker, then that person's going to have to kind of live in maybe a situation that's a little bit more messy than what they're used to. So see if they can use help with that. See if you can go in and do that. Make it fun, you know if they're not too tired to interact with you, just let that be a time when you're catching up with them and you're just hanging out and you just happen to be cleaning or ironing clothes um, Maybe their garden needs tending, maybe they need to have their lawn mown, something like that um a big one is taking people to and from hospital appointments if needed, chemotherapy appointments, having somebody come with you, that is such a great way. That is coming with someone to a chemo appointment. I really feel like that is the stuff that makes maybe a good friendship go to a great friendship um, because you just got to sit around and having somebody there who even if it's you're rotating between friends like let's say it's a friend group you have maybe make an excel spreadsheet find out the dates for these appointments and then everybody sign up to take the person to you know however many appointments they can just so that that person never has to be alone if That is what they want. So obviously ask them. Maybe they don't want you there. That's an important thing to clarify. But a lot of people really appreciate a companion. It takes a little bit of pressure off the caretaker and um, gives them some time for maybe some self-care, which is super duper important. And uh, another thing you can do if they have kids, helping with child care can be incredibly helpful. Um maybe creating an activity for the kids to do that you can scoop them up and take them out of the house. That can be helpful to just allow that person uh, and potentially the, any other adults in the house to just sort of be able to let down their guard a little bit because there is a certain, depending on the age group of the kid, I think a lot of parents feel the need to really shield young people through some of the challenging aspects of cancer. They don't want to, not that, not that you can't show fear or sadness, but I, I don't know any parent going through cancer who is really going to <clears throat> not make some effort to try to put on a little bit of a brave face for their kid. Uh, And letting them have space to just kind of just be, that's great. To maybe allow them space to meditate or do something that they love or watch a comedy special or, you know, who knows? Maybe they really want some intimate time with their partner. I I don't know. Um, Just allowing them space to have free time and uh, allow the kids to get out of the house so that the kids have a break from cancer. That is super duper important to do. And um, yeah, there are actually a lot of support groups that have a focus that are for kids going through cancer in the family. uh, That is something that I think can be a really wonderful experience. There are actually these awesome camps. I don't know any off of the top of my head, but I'll look this up and I'll put them in the show notes that kids who have a parent dealing with cancer can go to and just just get out, get out into the world, get a break, be around other kids who get it. Because that's one of the main things I think for People going through that journey—it's so healing and therapeutic to be around people that understand what you're going through. And even if you're not talking about cancer at all, just to uh, just to be around somebody who understands—sometimes that's all you need. And um, yeah, I think some of these programs are really really beautiful. Um what else? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so we've talked about things to say. Let's we've talked about things to do from a practical perspective. We've talked about how to be consistent without creating more emotional work on their part. Oh, here's the thing. Get your own support if you need it. One thing that can be very, very difficult for cancer patients is dealing with other people's feelings around their diagnosis. So not to say that you should never talk to your friend or loved one about what you're going through, but just be aware they're shouldering a lot of their own stuff. If they have children or a partner, um, they're they're probably shouldering some of their those people's stuff. And it can be really tough if your friend is just freaking out all the time because they're scared you're going to die. Or um, another don't on the list is the whole, um, oh, hey, my blank did this or took this supplement or tried this alternative treatment. If the cancer patient is interested, you could say, hey, um... I know my I know my my aunt, let's say, did some alternative therapies. Is that something that you'd be interested in talking to her about or do you want any information on that? And if they say sure, you can open up about that, but if they say no, don't don't put that on them. That there's a lot of that that happens and it can be really exhausting. Don't challenge their treatment decisions that is a big big one um you know a lot of women i've talked about this a lot on the podcast maybe get prescribed hormone blocking medication and if they decide to go off i don't know maybe they tell you maybe they don't don't i i don't challenge their decision just listen if that's what they want if they ask your opinion sure That can apply to anything. (laughs) But if they don't ask your opinion, that is so personal. Whatever surgery decisions they make, don't challenge those decisions. Don't say, oh, you should really take them both off. You should really get rid of both of them. That's never, nobody really needs your opinion on that (laughs) unless they ask for it. And um, a couple, two super big things uh, about the, reconstruction or breast surgery point never say ooh you get a free boob job boob job that is the one of the top things that breast cancer patients cannot stand to hear and it's important to know and i've talked about this on other podcasts because you know not everybody knows what happens or what goes on it's but I hate to break it to you, it's not a boob job. I mean, you know, some women have pretty good aesthetic outcomes, but a breast reconstruction and a breast augmentation, those are two totally different things. And a lot of times with a breast reconstruction, it is either an implant that's been placed under the muscle after a pretty long and quite painful process that they, they put expanders in so that they have to expand that space. And then they, that takes a long time. Then they swap out the expanders for an implant. Um, or people who are in my situation where they have an immediate reconstruction, I essentially just have an over-the-muscle silicone implant that has a piece of bio logical, so like a cadaver tissue mesh placed underneath the skin of my breast. I was able to keep my skin and uh, my own nipple. And that's, so it's basically just a piece of skin over a silicone implant. One of the disadvantages of that is that you can see a lot of the wrinkles. So if you imagine holding a silicone implant with your finger and your thumb and you're just holding it and you know it has that natural fall. You see ripples, you see wrinkles and it's not it wouldn't be quite as extreme as that in the breast, but it's it's pretty similar to that. So I didn't really know that there would be so many wrinkles um and yeah it's it's not i i don't think it's terrible but it's definitely not aesthetically like a, like in augmentation so just something to keep in mind and it is very it is very offensive for people to say oh you're so lucky you get a free boob job in that vein saying things like you have the good cancer or at least it's, that is never a fun one. um, Or even appropriate, really. Or I don't know, there's mixed reviews on this. I've brought this up before. I honestly did not, for some reason, it never sat well with me when someone has said, you're going to be fine. Um, you got this is a little bit different, but... You're going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. Um you know, I just felt like yeah, I you don't really know that. Uh and it felt like it was sort of I don't know why that uh, that like rubbed me the wrong way and I never I didn't lose friendships over it. I just remember it just it, it 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 wasn't it wasn't something I loved hearing to be honest with you. And um what was more supportive for me was just hey, I'm here for you. I love you. That really helped. Just, just knowing someone was present and supportive. Um, What else? What else? Oh, this is a good one. Uh, and when I say good, I mean bad. Don't say this. Oh, ooh, yeah. My grandma died from that. My friend died from that. Oh, this lady I work with. Yeah, she died from that. Oh my gosh. Like that is also, don't say that. (laughs) So whereas you don't need to say, I know you're going to be okay. And again, there are mixed reviews on this. Some people love hearing that. Some people want to hear that or need to hear that. Um, So, but nobody needs to hear, oh shit, my blank died from that. So keep that one to yourself. (laughs) You can also help them financially. So there's a couple different ways that you can do that. If someone is having a mastectomy surgery, you can check in with them and say, you know, I'd love to buy you something that will help you in your recovery. I had a wonderful friend buy me a really nice wedge pillow. Most women after those surgeries will need to sleep slightly upright just to allow their body, the swelling, um that was helpful and those things aren't cheap. So she bought me a really nice wedge pillow and I've kind of let other women use that. And also there are other different things like, um, in a, in a car, when you're driving in the car after breast surgery, you need like a little pillow, that goes on the seatbelt so when the the shoulder strap goes over your breast uh, that you have padding there because it's sore. It's very sore. Um, That is a good thing. A lot of people love to give blankets. Those are always nice and cozy, but I ended up getting, I think, like four blankets, which is fine. (laughs) I mean, you can never really have too many blankets, but just know that is a popular item. So sometimes it's sometimes if you want to check in about that, that's you can always do that. And if they're like I'm fine, we don't need anything. Some people really love flowers. I got a lot of flowers and frankly, it did cheer me up. It really cheered me up. Like I I like to get flowers. And it just, you know, that little note that just said, hey, I'm thinking about you, wishing you a speedy recovery and having a beautiful vase of fresh flowers around, that felt really good. Um, I also had a friend buy me a bunch of food from Best, I think it's called Good Eggs. Good Eggs, that's a service that um, I know they have in the Bay Area. I was in the Bay Area at the time. And there were just a bunch of goodies in there. Again, that's something just be aware of any dietary restrictions. If you are on a protocol that requires you give up dairy, it'll be such a bummer if you get this box of just like full of really nice chocolates or something that you totally can't eat. And you're just like, oh my God, I just want that so bad. Um, Those are things. What are other gifts? So other gifts. Oh, Um, donating to a GoFundMe, starting a GoFundMe, that is huge. If you know that the person can use some financial assistance or, uh, yeah, that, that's something that if you start a fundraiser that you post on social media, that somebody did that for me and it really helped. And I was able to not only cover some of my bills, but also, allowed me to work with a naturopathic oncologist and a nutritionist, and that was great. It allowed me to really feel good about my recovery, heal very quickly, and um, there are other people that may struggle to be paying their just general bills because cancer is extremely expensive regardless of the stage, so be aware of that, and if you wanna spearhead something like that, that can be incredibly helpful. Uh, Help them find a support group if they want. Join your own support group if they want. Uh, Help take care of things if the caretaker needs to go to a support group. Like I said, help the kids find a support group if that's something that they might need. And really, at the end of the day, whatever you are capable and enabled to do, just come from a place of love and be authentic. You know, sometimes the best thing to say is, I, I don't know what to say right now, but I love you and I'm here for you. And give them a big hug if they're a hugging type. So just know that authenticity goes a long way And people know when you're coming from a good place and admitting that you don't know is totally, totally okay. So those are my top tips and tricks. This is kind of a shorter episode today. I'm actually going to be putting out episodes every week this month because it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I guess I just decided that right in this moment, (laughs) but it seems appropriate. And I have so many wonderful interviews. So. know that is. This is obviously not a list that covers everything, but it is a good start. Um, oh, one last thing I might like to add. A lot of women going through chemo, if they were someone who was really fashion or makeup oriented before, it can be nice to send them like a, a beauty kit from Fighting Pretty or perhaps, um, you know, Sephora sometimes does some great little pop-up workshop things for, you know, how to draw on eyebrows, uh, what clean beauty they can use, like how to improve their skincare routine. That's something I, I'm actually going to have an interview upcoming, uh, airing with Patricia Fox, who is a breast cancer survivor, who, uh, was a brand ambassador for Sephora and a model. Uh, she's beautiful. And she actually is, I was walking in downtown Portland going to the Sephora and I looked up, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's Patricia and uh she was in the window of Sephora just looking all gorgeous and stuff. So, <laughs> that is today's episode. I hope that wherever you are in your journey that you are handling this October, well, that breast cancer awareness month is not triggering for you. But if it is, I just want to remind you that you can handle it any way that you like. You don't have to acknowledge it. You don't have to be this person who feels like they're a spokesperson for breast cancer if that's not who you want to be. You can, um, if you need support, please Reach out to friends, therapists, support groups. There are a lot of people who can relate to the plethora of emotions that can come up for a lot of breast cancer patients at this time. And If there are people in your life that you think might be able to utilize the tips in this episode, this is really more for people who have not gone through the cancer journey themselves and who want to be a good friend to somebody. So forward this to somebody that you think might find it useful. And as always, I am open to episode ideas. Please hit me up. I am. You can find me on Instagram at Junie Be Well. Uh, Facebook is also Junie Be Well, and I am on TikTok, but I just haven't been super active there. Um, what else? LinkedIn Junie Boucher NTP, or go to my website JunieBeWell.com and fill out the contact form and just send me a message. I get messages from you guys all. All the time and it literally makes my day. Another way that you could make my day, if I could ask you a small favor, please review the podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast, please write a positive review that comes from your heart. I, I read all the reviews, obviously, but it helps us Gain visibility so that other people can find this information, and that's so important. The podcast, I am happy to report, has now charted in South Africa, the Netherlands, Germany, the UK, and Brazil. Which, how cool is that? It hasn't charted in the US yet, but I think the US is probably the most saturated in terms of podcasts. But we'll get there, we will get there. Oh, and um. I guess before I let you go, I should do this Bart Simpson impersonation that I teased at the beginning of the episode. Okay, are you ready for this? This is, I'm pretty famous for this. Okay. I caramba. That is, there you have it. There you have it. I know you're probably cheering at home. That was mind-blowing. How did I get Bart Simpson in the studio, aka my apartment? To do that little spot. Yeah, that was me. That was totally me. <laughs> I am still taking one-on-one clients. I will do my Bart Simpson impression for you if I take you on as a client, yes. Um, so if you are interested in working together, I love, love supporting folks through this journey, uh, whether you are currently in treatment, navigating a survivorship, looking for general hormonal balance, and working or wanting to work on your sexual health and satisfaction. I am a member of the Portland Rose City Sexual Health Collective here in Oregon, and uh, we um, Support sexual health in a holistic way. I am the nutrition person who helps you get that foundation of health so that you don't need to worry so much about energy, stress management, blood sugar regulation, all that good stuff so your body can be functioning in a way that uh, facilitates all the wonderful things that help you with your sex life. And we're doing a lot right now with survivors because there are particular issues that are being faced by survivors, navigating perhaps side effects from hormone blockers or forced menopause, those kinds of things, but also just coming back into their bodies after some big changes. So find me. I would be honored to walk this journey with you. You can also access free resources through my website as well as have access to my free library of guided meditations through Insight Timer. That is also connected under the freebie tab of my website. So go get on those freebies. (laughs) All right. That is today's episode. It was uh, kind of a shorty. Kind of like me. Anyway, I love you guys. And as always... I'm wishing you well. Take care.